السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إن الحمد لله إن الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا محمدًا عبده ورسوله يقول الله جل وعلا في كتابه الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار أعاذنا الله وإياكم منها أجمعين أما بعد Dear brothers and sisters, over the past few weeks, we have been speaking in a series about 
what ruins our actions, what invalidates our good deeds and cancels them out. And we've been talking about those things that we can do that will wipe away the bad effects, the sins that we commit in our day-to-day -day lives, those things that accumulate. And we mentioned in the previous khutbah that the condition for having those sins wiped away through our daily salat, our five daily prayers on time, through our attending Salatul Jumu'ah, through our charity in general good deeds, we said the condition for those things wiping away the effects of the sins is that we avoid the major sins, the kaba'ir. So what is a person supposed to do? if they want to wipe away the effects of the sins and get rid of them, but they find that they have done major sins, what are they supposed to do? Before we can answer that question, dear brothers and sisters, we have to answer another question, which is, what are the major sins? And what makes them major? And what is the difference between major and minor sins? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about the qualities of the believers, the mu'minun in the Qur'an. And He says, وَالَّذِينَ يَجْتَنِبُونَ كَبَائِرَ الْإِثْمِ وَالْفَوَاحِشَ وَإِذَا مَا غَضِبُوهُمْ يَغْفِرُونَ About these believers, Allah says, they are the ones who abstain from the major sins and immoralities. And when they are angry, they forgive. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala distinguish, distinguishes between major sins and minor sins. Kaba'ir wa sagha'ir. But we have to define what they are. The majority of the ulama throughout history have said that the kabira, the major sin, the enormity is that sin mentioned in the Qur'an or mentioned in the sunnah for which there is a prescribed punishment, haddun min hududillahi ta'ala. Or it is a sin mentioned in the Qur'an, in the sunnah, in which there is a threat of divine punishment in this life or the hereafter, attached to that action, wa'id. Or it is a sin mentioned in the Qur'an or the sunnah that describes the one doing it, with being cursed, la'na. Or it is a sin mentioned in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah, and it is said that the one who does it, la yadkhulul jannah, that person will not enter paradise. The scholars say that whenever you come across a sin mentioned in the Qur'an, in the Sunnah, and linked with any of these other things, understand it is a kabira, a major sin, and not a minor sin. Anything that does not have these things linked with it, the scholars say, is a minor sin. But does that mean that minor sins are just minor? Does, that, does minor mean it's not a big deal? Absolutely not. Because this is Amr Nisbi, it's a relative description. So the minor sin is minor relative to something that is far greater than it. So here, the sagha'ir, the minor sins, those things that happen, that get wiped away through our good deeds, these minor sins are minor 
compared to things like murder, compared to things like sorcery, compared to things like fornication or homosexuality and the like. So what is the benefit of knowing the difference between the major sins and the minor sins? The benefit is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala promises us that He will pardon and forgive and wipe away those minor things, those minor sins that we get embroiled in in our lives, provided we abstain from the major sins. He says, subhanahu wa ta'ala, إِن تَجْتَنِبُوا كَبَائِرَ مَا تُنْهَوْنَ عَنْهُ نُكَفِّرْ عَنْكُمْ سَيِّئَاتِكُمْ If you abstain from the major sins that you have been forbidden from, we will wipe away, expiate your sins, the minor sins. What are the major sins then? This is a, a very long discussion. The soundest view according to the majority of the ulama in our history is the position narrated by Sayyiduna Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma. It is related from Abdullah ibn Abbas who said that the major sins in the Quran and the Sunnah are around 70 in number. So it behooves every single Muslim, male or female, to familiarize themselves with those major sins. And a good collection that one can refer to, and that every Muslim should read at least once in their life, if not have in their home, is the collection entitled Al-Kaba'ir by Al-Imam Al-Dhahabi rahimahullah ta'ala. So, that leads us to our topic for today. We want to get the minor sins wiped away. We want to safeguard our iman, but we struggle with major sins. What do we do? No matter what position we are in this life, no matter where we are, where there is one quality, one action that must remain with us in every stage of our life, at every moment of our life, in the day and in the night. Something we can never do without until we leave this dunya. And that is tawbah, that is repentance. Repentance is that action that Allah Ta'ala has commanded us to do all the time. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, وَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ أَيُّهَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لَعَلَّكُمْ تُفْلِحُونَ All of you, repent unto Allah, O believers, so that perhaps you may be successful. The inverse or converse understanding of this is that if you don't make tawbah, you're going to be a loser. Because Allah links falah, success, with tawbah. So people can be divided into one of two types. There are those who make tawbah, and then there are those who do not make tawbah. There is no third category. You are either among the people of tawbah, or you are a zalim. You're either a ta'ib or a zalim a person of repentance, or one who wrongs their own soul. And that is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in the Qur'an, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Whoever does not repent, then they are of the wrongdoers, wronging their own selves. Allah ta'ala has commanded us to turn to Him in tawbah, sincerely. And He, is, he has made it wajib, an obligation, saying, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا تُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ تَوْبَةً نَصُوحًا O you who believe, 
repent unto Allah with a sincere repentance. But we have time. We do bad deeds, we commit sins, we sin in so many ways, and we may look around in our lives and see that Allah has given us time. We haven't experienced anything negative from our sins, or so it seems. And we have to understand that Allah Ta'ala does give us respite. Allah does give us a chance to make things right. He does give us time to make tawbah, but it should not be taken lightly, or delayed, or procrastinated. Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala has honored us by giving us time even before the recording angels record the sin that we committed. In a hadith recorded by Imam Al-Tabarani in his Mu'jam Al-Kabir with a sound chain, he relates that the Prophet ﷺ said that the scribe on the left, among the kiram and katibin, those angels that record the bad and the good deeds, he said وسلم, the scribe on the left hand raises his pen, meaning he delays writing the sin, for six hours. Six hours, and these are ambiguous hours. It's not exactly 60 minutes times six. For six hours, he said, the recording angel on the left raises his pen and does not write the sin that the person has committed. If the person regrets it, he said, and seeks Allah's forgiveness, the deed is not recorded. Otherwise, it is recorded as one deed. That means that if you take advantage of tawbah quickly, within that time period, not only will your sin be forgiven, it will not even be written on your account. So it's not even a question of it being written and then wiped away. It's not even written in the first place if you take advantage of those early moments after the sin. Now after that sin is written on the person's account as a bad deed, they still get respite. They still get a chance. Allah gives us a chance to repent and make things right all the way until our final moments in this life before our souls leave our body. Even if a person was on their deathbed and their soul was about to leave their body and they knew this is their final moment, if they made tawbah sincerely in that moment, even then after that long delay, their repentance would be accepted. Allah gives us a chance until the very end. But the problem is that many people do not place their hope in fear in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They disobey Allah ta'ala committing all sorts of sins day and night. And worse, they regard those things as insignificant. What's the big deal? I did this, I did that. That's between me and Allah. Who are you to judge me? What's the big deal? Why does Allah care what I do with my body? Things like this. The attitude of istighfaf, of making little and light of disobedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And through this attitude and this repetition, the hearts become hardened. The hearts become numb. And the grave sins, the kaba'ir, do not cause the hearts any pain. That person doesn't feel the pain of distance. They don't feel the pain of being cut off from closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But compare that state to the state of the Sahaba, Allah alayhim. It is recorded by Imam al-Bukhari from Sayyiduna Anas radiallahu anhu, who said 
addressing the people in the second generation. He says about the, he says to them, "You all do things which in your eyes are less significant than a strand of hair. But in the time of Rasulullah we would have considered those things you're doing mubiqat, destructive sins, grievous sins, enormities. So therefore, dear brothers and sisters, the scholars say that when the minor sins are accompanied with a lack of shame and remorse, and with no fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and when those minor sins are taken lightly, there is a risk that the minor sins are transformed into major sins. Because, not because of the individual action, but because <laughs> of the attitude behind it. So this is why it is said, لَا كَبِيرَ مَعَ الْإِسْتِغْفَارِ وَلَا صَغِيرَ مَعَ الْإِصْرَارِ There is no major sin when a person seeks forgiveness, because it's forgiven. And there is no minor sin when the person stubbornly persists in doing it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses His beloved Prophet وسلم, who is also named Nabiyyu Tawbah in a sound hadith, the Prophet of Repentance. He addresses him in the Qur'an by saying, He says to him, Inform my servants that indeed I am the forgiving and the merciful. And in the very next verse, Allah Ta'ala says, And my punishment is a painful punishment. In most verses of the Qur'an, we see Allah Ta'ala mentioning that which inspires fear first. And then He, ins- he mentions what inspires hope. And that is generally the way of the Prophet wasallam, balancing between fear and hope with fear first and hope coming last. But in this, these two verses, we see Allah mentioning what inspires hope in the beginning, and then what inspires fear after that. And it's as if Allah Ta'ala is telling us, O oh my servant, it is true that I am all forgiving and I am merciful, but you must not become complacent and take sins lightly because my punishment is severe. Repentance has to be with us in every single stage of our life. There's no period where we won't need to make tawbah. The student of Ibn Abbas, Mujahid, he says regarding the words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَمَنْ لَمْ يَتُبْ فَأُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Whoever does not make tawbah, whoever does not repent, they are the wrongdoers. Imam Mujahid, the student of Ibn Abbas, he says that whoever does not make tawbah in the morning and in the evening, this verse applies to them. Whoever does not make tawbah in the morning and in the evening, this verse applies to them. This is why Rasulullah taught us the du'as to say in the morning and the evening, many of which revolve around what? Seeking the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as we enter the day and as we go into the night and conclude the day. We are to seek Allah's forgiveness and make tawbah at least in the morning and at least in the evening. But what is tawbah? What is the reality of tawbah? The ulama say that tawbah 
comes from the word awba, which means to return. And it means a kind of coming home or reunion. And it's not a matter of lip service where a person says, I make tawbah. Or they say, after doing a bad deed, astaghfirullah. Because the ulama say there is a difference between saying astaghfirullah and actually making a genuine tawbah, a genuine repentance. And that is because in the Quran, in Surah Qud, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Astaghfiru rabbakum thumma tubu He says, seek the forgiveness of your Lord, that's istighfar, thumma tubu and then repent unto Him. And this is, wawul atf. And the, the wow conjunction indicates a distinction between these two things, al-mughayar. So tawbah is one thing, and saying astaghfirullah is another. It's not enough to just do something haram and say astaghfirullah as if a person is saying the Islamic version of my bad. Whoops, sorry, astaghfirullah. And keep it moving. That's not tawbah. Tawbah is to return from something that is blameworthy in the sharia to what is praiseworthy in the sharia. And it is an immediate obligation that has conditions for it to be sound. What are these conditions? We have the condition of refraining from the thing, al-iqla'ah, refraining, to immediately leave the sin. And this condition applies to the person who is repenting in the moment while they're doing the sin. So if a person is making tawbah from smoking marijuana, they are making tawbah by dropping the joint. They don't finish the joint and say they made tawbah while finishing it off. If they're making tawbah from drinking alcohol, they have to throw away the alcohol, toss the bottle. They can't say, I'm making tawbah from drinking while they're still drinking. There has to be an immediate refrain from the action. So if the person, for example, is rushing along the highway going north, and they realize they've made a mistake and want to go south, they don't say, I'm heading south while continuing north. They have to exit the highway and turn around. And that is iqla'ah, to give up that thing you're doing as you're doing it. But what about the sin that's already happened? It happened an hour ago, and now the, the person is feeling bad about it. They're not doing it right now. Well, there's another condition of tawbah, and that is nedm or remorse. The Prophet ﷺ says, al-nadmu tawbah, remorse is the epitome of repentance. It is the epitome of repentance, just as he says, al-hajju arafah, that arafat is the epitome or the quintessence of the hajj experience. So that means that there can be no tawbah without remorse. And remorse is described by the ulama as the pain that a person feels in their hearts because of their dislike for what they did. Their dislike for what they did. So if a person says they're making tawbah and they don't really feel bad about what they did, it's not tawbah. Likewise, if they say they're making tawbah but they only regret the sin because of some other consequence, it's not tawbah. It has to be remorse because that thing is detested by the Creator of the heavens and the earth. If the person is only remorseful because of some other consequence or effect, 
it is not a sincere remorse. That means that if a person is doing haram, they can't say I'm making tawbah and I feel bad and I have remorse because I got caught and I got shamed. The person cannot have true remorse if they're only remorseful for getting caught. Or if they're only remorseful because it harmed them. They got into a car accident. And now they feel bad because they're, they're feeling bad that they're hurt. True remorse is not remorse when the person feels bad for getting punished for the action by someone else. Or if they can't afford that sin anymore. It has to be because Allah Jalla Jalaluhu dislikes that action. And they feel bad that they did it because Allah has declared that thing haram. But what about a person, because this happens, what about a person who commits many sins and at some point in their life they get a diagnosis? Maybe they get a diagnosis that they have six months to live. Maybe it's stage four, terminal cancer. They have six months to live and they were living a life of sins. And now they want to make tawbah. Is that kind of tawbah accepted? It doesn't appear that they're making tawbah because the actions are blameworthy, but because of their impending death. The ulama say that the words of the Prophet ﷺ encompass this one. That they are having remorse because they're worrying about the consequences of the akhirah. Not just the worldly consequences. They're worried about the consequences in the grave and in the hereafter. And that is what spurs them to tawbah. And inshaAllah it is accepted. So one has to feel bad because it's detested by Allah Ta'ala. After that comes the third condition. After refraining and after remorse comes resolve. Azm. And that is the resolve, the firm resolve, the firm decision and intention to never go back to that sin. Azm is resolve. The person is not wishy-washy. They're not having this internal dialogue. I did this haram thing and I feel bad about it. So I will make tawbah. But I know I'm probably going to go back to it next week. I'm not actually sure. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. It all depends. That is not azm. Azm is a firm resolve where the person says in their heart, and they have this intention, Oh Allah, I'm not going back to it. Oh Allah, I ask you to make that thing hated in my sight, so that I never go back to it ever again. When a person has that kind of drive, that kind of resolve, they have fulfilled this third condition. So what we see here, dear brothers and sisters, is that this comprehensive value of tawbah that has to stay with us at every stage of life encompasses the past, the present, and the future. The past is the remorse over what we did. The refraining is in the present, right here and right now, we give it up. And the resolve is the decision that we're not going to do it again in the future. And by that we return to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah, straightening out the things that happened in the past, the things that are happening right now, and making the decision that those things will not happen in the future, inshaAllah ta'ala. And these are the three R's, refrain, remorse, and resolve. The three R's of tawbah. These are the three conditions of tawbah that we have to be aware of. But there's a fourth condition, that, and that is when the sin is not just between us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it is a sin that is between us 
and other human beings? What about those sins that are between us and other human beings? Like gossip, like fraud, like slander, like injury, like theft, and so on. These are the sins that are between us and other human beings. Those sins require a fourth condition, a fourth R. The three R's in the beginning are refrain, remorse, and resolve. And if the sin is between us and others, there's a fourth R, and that is redress. Radul Mabalim, to return or to right the wrongs done to that person. If you gossip about someone, you hurt them in any way, it's not enough for you to say, Oh Allah, forgive me, I repent and I won't do it again. You have to right that wrong. And that could be going to the victim and seeking their forgiveness, seeking a release from the burden of what you did, istihlal. Now of course, if you know that that's going to cause a greater evil, if you go to someone and say, hey, you know I was gossiping about you, and you know that that's going to lead to a huge fallout in a greater fitna, in that case, you don't have to go to them personally. But in that event, you make dua for them. You speak good about them in public and private gatherings. You give them gifts from time to time, if you can do so. You give charity on their behalf. You ask Allah Ta'ala to bless them and forgive them. You do different things to wipe away the effect of the sin between you and that person. So we ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala to always inspire us with this virtue of tawbah, to make it a constant feature in our life, and to make us of those who understand these four R's, the R of refraining from the haram, the R of remorse over the haram, the R of resolving to never go back to the haram, and the R of redress, of righting the wrongs done to others. May Allah inspire us with that tawbah and make us of those who die with a pure and accepted repentance in His sight. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Hamdan kathiran tayyiban mubarakan fi kama yuhibbu rabbuna wa yarudah. والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكمنان المتلازمان على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم وبعد. Dear brothers and sisters, people often hear about tawbah and they know that it is the permanent virtue they have to keep in their life until the day they die. And they know that it is the door that they have to walk through to make things right between them and their Creator. Nevertheless, despite knowing these things, they have lingering worries. They have anxieties and worries about their state. One of them might say, I want to make tawbah. I want to really change my life. But who can really guarantee that Allah is going to forgive me if I do it? I want to follow the straight path. I want to be on the right, straight and narrow and get rid of all the haram in my life. But I'm very hesitant. But if I knew for sure that Allah would forgive me, then I would definitely repent. And the answer to this, dear brothers and sisters, is that this hesitation is the very same hesitation felt by some of the Sahaba, Radwanallahi alayhi. 
Some of the Sahaba had the very same hesitation to Tawbah, wondering if all that they have done will really be wiped away, and will Allah really turn to them in repentance. And we have a very clear example of this in the hadith of Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As radiallahu anhuma, who came to Islam quite late. And in the hadith about his own embracing Islam, he tells us that he went to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, he says, describing this event, when Allah put the love of guidance in my heart, I came to him and I said, stretch forth your hand so that I may pledge loyalty to you. And then the Prophet ﷺ stretched forth his blessed hand. And at that moment, Amr bin As pulled back his hand. He pulled back his hand. And the Prophet ﷺ says, مَا بِكَ يَا Amr, What's wrong with you? What's the matter? And Amr anhu, he says, There is a condition I have, Ya Rasulullah. He said, What is the condition, Ya Amr? He said, The condition is that I be forgiven. You see, he was worried about his past and whether those things would truly be forgiven. And he wanted a guarantee that they would. That was his condition. And to this, the Prophet ﷺ said to him, Ya Amr, don't you know that Islam wipes away whatever came before it? And that migration, hijrah, wipes away whatever came before it? And that hajj wipes away whatever came before it? And so he embraced Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has guaranteed that he will forgive sins and wipe away the sins of those who turn to him in tawbah. And you have to believe that. Because Allah ta'ala says it in the Quran, وَمَنْ أَصْدَقُ مِنَ اللَّهِ قِيلًا Who is more truthful than Allah? You might also ask, I want to repent, I want to change my life, but I have so many sins. I'm wallowing in the haram. There's no immoral act except, except that I've done it. There's no kind of sin except that I have engaged in it. So I'm not really sure if Allah will forgive me for the things that I've done over the years. Can those things be forgiven? Can you ever do too many sins to the point where you've done too much and you've crossed that threshold and you can't turn back? This is not a unique problem, dear brothers and sisters. There are many people who wish to make tawbah, but they worry about the things that they are involved in and have been involved in. But we and they have to listen to the words of Allah Ta'ala, who says to His Prophet wasallam, telling him to say this to us, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِي أَلَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Say, O my servants who have transgressed against themselves, do not despair of the mercy of Allah. Inna Allah yaghfiru dhunuba jami'a. Indeed, Allah forgives all sins. Allah forgives all sins. Another verse to consider, dear brothers and sisters, is the words of Allah Ta'ala in Surah Al-A'raf, where He says, وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ My mercy encompasses all things. Are you a thing? هَلْ أَنْتَ شَيْءٍ نَعَمْ أَنْتَ شَيْءٍ وَأَنَا شَيْءٍ وَاللَّهُ تَعَالَى يَقُولُ وَرَحْمَتِي وَسِعَتْ كُلَّ شَيْءٍ فَرَحْمَتُهُ تَعَالَى وَسِعَتْنَا 
Allah's mercy encompasses us because we are a thing, you are a thing, and Allah Ta'ala says that His mercy encompasses all things. Dear brothers and sisters, also note that the Prophet ﷺ guarantees this to us. He says, The one who repents from a sin is like a person who doesn't have that sin. The one who makes tawbah from a sin is like the one who has no sin. What that means is that if someone committed fornication and they made tawbah and they changed their life, after their tawbah, you can't say to that person, Antazani, you're a fornicator. Because that description of zina only applies to them before their tawbah. You can't call them that. Maybe there are certain consequences and second order effects they still have to deal with in their life. But they are not a zani if they have repented from zina and turned a new page in their life. Likewise, dear brothers and sisters, someone might say, I fall into haram and then I make tawbah, but it's only a matter of time before my nafs gets the better of me and I repeat that sin. So does that mean that my previous tawbah doesn't count anymore and I have to do a fresh tawbah and I'm wallowing in sin and that none of my tawbahs ever counted? And the answer is that it is not a condition for a valid tawbah that the person never commits the sin again. You have to have resolve. You have to have a firm intention, you're not going to do it again. But if you have a lapse and fall into it again, what is required is a new tawbah. The previous tawbah is accepted. The previous tawbah benefited you even if you fell into the sin a second time, a third time, or fourth time. As long as you fulfill those conditions of refrain, of remorse, of resolve. No matter how many times it happens, you get back up and you make the tawbah again. And that is a new sin. And for that new sin comes a new tawbah. Dear brothers and sisters, understand that tawbah is a weapon. And you have to keep this weapon on you at all times. It is a medicine. And it's not, there's never a time in your life where you no longer need to take this medicine. The medicine of repentance. By repentance one draws nearer to Allah Ta'ala. And with tawbah a person wipes away a sin and replaces it with a good deed. With sincere tawbah a person will eventually reach the point where shaitan says, I wish I never led that person into sin in the first place. Because through that tawbah, they become even better than they were before they fell into the sin in the first place. That's the kind of tawbah we're after. That's the kind of tawbah we ask Allah to inspire us with. There are people who make tawbah, who become far better after their tawbah than they were before the sin even occurred. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to make us of those people. Allahumma ja'alna minat ta'ibin wa minat tawwabin wa minal munibina ilayka ya Rabbil alameen. May Allah make us of those who are always turning to Him in tawbah in the morning and the evening and asking for His forgiveness. May Allah inspire us with refrain and with remorse and with resolve and with righting wrongs. Ameen ya Rabbil alameen. ربنا آتنا في الدنيا حسنة وفي الآخرة حسنة وقنا عذاب النار اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد 
عبدك ورسولك النبي الأمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين